Welcome to the True Vine Podcast. Wherever you are listening, we hope this inspires you, builds your faith, and brings perspective that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. If you have your Bibles, we're going to go right into the Word of God. Again, for all of our guests, either in person or online, we welcome you and we say thank you. Thank you for coming to worship with us this morning at True Vine Pentecostal Church. Amen. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 19. Ephesians 2 and 19. It reads, so now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. You are members of God's family. Why don't we pray this morning? Lord, we love and praise you. You're so awesome. We praise you for your presence that fills this house of worship today. We praise you, God, for the hearts and lives that you've already touched, God. Lord, in the lives that you will continue to touch through your anointed word today. God, that men and women and young people would draw closer to you through the anointed word today. We ask that you would bless each and every one that's watching and live streaming online or that's in person in this house of worship today. Even the ones that might go back and pull up the archive, God, that they would feel your presence wherever they're at. We ask it in the precious and holy name of Jesus Christ. The church said amen. Amen, amen. amen. You may be seated. So excited as we close out this, this series of the most fluential countercultural and enduring organization in the history of mankind is called the church, the body of Christ. And I love my church. The original Greek word used in the New Testament that was translated for church is the word ecclesia. Some of you Bible scholars might know that word. So every time you read the word church in the New Testament of the Bible, it's the word ecclesia. But what's really interesting about the New Testament is that there's a lot of other words used to reference church that are more descriptive than Ecclesia. For instance, in the New Testament, it's called the church, a body, a bride, a city on a hill, a lampstand, a flock, a fellowship. And that's just a few words to describe the church. But the most powerful word used in the Bible for church is family. The church is a family. We are a family church. You are members of God's family. The Bible says the church is God's family. It's the men and women and the children, both alive and those who've gone on before us, that put their faith in Jesus Christ. We are God's family. And upon this rock, he said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Amen. There's not enough devils in hell that can overcome us. There's no force that can consume us. We are mighty. We are powerful. There's nothing or nobody that can keep us silent. It stands the most chaotic of times. It weathers every storm that life may bring. We are the church and we are a family in the name of Jesus Christ. I love my church. I love my church family. But there's one thing about families, if we're kind of honest, they're not always perfect. It's the old adage, you can pick your friends, but you can't pick your family. There's always a little dysfunction in the family. Do you guys have any dysfunctional folks in your family? Just raise your hands if you have any. Let a few go up. 
For the other ones that didn't go up, we'll have repentance, prayer at, at the end of service. We all have a little bit of dysfunction in the family. Some of your families might look like this on Thanksgiving. A little bit of dysfunction in family. Some, some's like, hey, I put the dis in function with my family, right? But families aren't always perfect. Families are a little bit dysfunctional. You have that one that says things they shouldn't say. You have that ones that you're walking around on eggshells afraid to say the things that you really want to say, and you're like, oh, I better not say that because it might cause them. And then you have that one. There's always that crazy aunt. When you go to family functions, you always have that one in the family. We know who she is. And in my family, there's something about the power of the mic. Fast, we always talk about our families because we don't want to hurt anybody else's feelings. So we talk about our own families. I had that one. Her name was Aunt Erlene. Aunt Erlene. And since I believe it was 1980... Up until she wasn't able to travel anymore, and she's passed away now. But until 1980, I think I was seven, my brother was six, my other brother was four. She came to our house. It started out just two months a year. Then it jumped to six months a year. Then it was like nine months a year for almost over 20 years she spent at our home. That tells you a little bit about her family. She had a husband. She had kids. She's like, I have to get away from it. But she stood, or she stayed at our house over 20 years. She was that crazy aunt. She was that one that put the dysfunction in our, in our family when she came. But let me tell you what. She was our family. She was our family. And Brother Juan Carlos, she didn't go to church. But she was from Oklahoma. She didn't go to church that much at home. But let me tell you, when she came to our house, few, she would come to church with us. And let me tell you, with all her issues and all her problems, when she got into the house of God, because she remembered she was still part of the family, because she was raised up as part of the family. So when she came to the family's house, the church, the family, there was something that changed her demeanor. She talked a little different when she walked through the doors of the church. And then, just like when we were just singing, what the power of God overcame you just a few minutes ago, the power of God would overwhelm her. And something would happen to her. That's the greatest part of being a part of the family of God. No matter where you're at in life, no matter what, where you come from, as soon as you get with the family, everything starts to change just a little bit. Your talk starts to change. Your demeanor starts to change. And our Father gets his hand on top of us, and we start, ah, there's nothing like our Heavenly Father embracing us with his embrace. Our church isn't perfect. Our pastoral staff is not perfect. But we are just broken people that have met a loving God. 
and he's put our lives back together. He put all the pieces back together. And all we want is a little bit more of Christ every time we come into his presence. We're imperfect people saved by an almighty perfect God. If you're perfect, this is probably a place you don't want to come because you'll ruin it for the rest of us. So if you're perfect, probably don't want to come here. You're going to ruin it for all of us. So you may ask, why do I even need a family? It's because the church is a spiritual family. Why is that important? If you're a Christian, for you, why is it important to be a part of the church? Why not just go through life by yourself and just rely on relationships to make it at work and school or with your family or just with your neighbors? And why do we even have to be a part of the church family? It's interesting because it's a question a lot of anthropologists and social scientists have been asking in the most recent years. In fact, according to New York Times article by Stanford professor T.M. Lorman, being part of the church family has real, really big benefits for your life. These professors not only say that you become healthier, but you also, excuse me, I, I just need a water if you don't mind. I apologize, church. You know, it's right there. I apologize. Not only do you become healthier, but you become happier. That's something about the church. One of the most striking scientific discoveries about religion in recent years is that going to church weekly is good for you. Religious attendance boosts the immune system. It decreases your blood pressure. In other words, you live longer when you attend church. They also found that frequent churchgoers had larger social networks, more, more contact, more affection for, and more kinds of social support than any other people and unchurched counterparts. We know that social support is directly tied to being healthier. So scientifically speaking, attending church and being a part of the church family makes you healthier. And there's so much more that God wants in your life than just making you help happier and healthier. He wants to bless your life through the church. There's spiritual benefits through the church. And you are part of an awesome church family. You are part of the family of God. Maybe at one time in, in your past, and I've talked to some of you and you felt like this, hey, I've gotten burned by the church. I've gotten hurt by a church member. Because of that, you're weary and you, you're kind of standoffish. But don't let your past experience experiences keep you from experiencing what God wants you to have. Don't let your past hurts and your past relationships keep you from experiencing all God has for you and your family. On Wednesday night, if you're at our Bible study, you're going to get a double portion of our illustration. Galatians 5, 13 through 15 reads, for brethren, and I put for family, you have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion of the flesh, but by serving one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But if you bite and devour one another, take heed that you may not be consumed by one another. That word liberty 
That word liberty is, means it's translated that we are owned by one another. We're enslaved by one another. Folks in the cheap seats, I, I, when you sit back there, you don't get to part, be a part of the illustration. So everybody up front, you have a rope that's right going right by you. Why don't you pick that rope up and hold that rope this morning? You don't have to stand up, Brother Tony. Does everybody have that rope? Paul's writing to the church of Galatia. And he's saying, when you were set free, when you were, when the chains of life and the chains of sin were broken, do you remember those days when God gave you complete liberty and complete freedom from alcohol, from drugs, from perversion, from, from the things of this world? When he broke the chains and gave you complete freedom, when he said, you are set free. You are free indeed by the name of Jesus Christ. Do you remember that day? He gave you complete liberty from the world. But, what, what, but he says he's given us liberty one to another now. He's broken the chains of sin and broken the chains of the world. But now, Brother Tony, you and I are tied together. I am enslaved to you. I'm in bonded to you by Jesus Christ's love. And because we are a church family, we are bound together by the ropes of love. That when someone hurts, we feel the pull. When someone starts going down, we pull them back up. We are embodied, we are enslaved together by the ropes and the chains of liberty. We are set free by the chains of this world. But now we are tied together by the ropes of love and the ropes of, of Jesus Christ. Well, the Juan Carlos, you and Christor, we are bound together by the ropes of love because we're family. Matt and Julia, I know you might say, I don't really know if I want to be tied to Brother Lee, but guess what? You and I are tied together by the ropes of Christ. We are tied together by the ropes of Christ. Yes, we have liberty from the world. But now the liberty that God's giving us, he says, hey, we are enslaved. We are in bonded together. That's why I love a church family. Brandon, when you start hurting and things go wrong in your life, it's the church that's going to hold you up. It's the church that's going to hold you and Sarah and those kids up. Because we're bonded together. We're bound together by the ropes of Christ this morning. And there's nothing like a church family. That's why I love my church. There's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. There's nothing like being bound together by the church. I remember our darkest days of life. You guys have heard me say this about the same amount of times this pastor talks about some of the darkest days of his life was just a dance in depression. You remember those dark days? I remember those dark days with my daughter, three months in the hospital, not knowing if she's going to live. Open heart surgery, complete open heart surgery at seven days old. Another diaphragmatic her hernia surgery at a month old. Four pounds. Heart surgery. They're, they're 
taking, fixing two holes in a heart, heart, heart size of a walnut. Those were some dark days. But thank God I was bound to the church. Thank God I was bound to the church family. Thank God you were bound to the church family, Sister Durant. They strengthened, we strengthened one another because we're strengthened with the, the bounds and the ropes of love and the, of Jesus Christ. That's why you have to be part of a church family. It's just not a social club. It's just not a place we come and gather and get a fix. It's because we are bound together with the liberties of Jesus Christ and the chains and the, the ropes of love that he puts us together with. We are bound together by the name of Jesus Christ. There's something about a family. We, we, we all hold the same last name. And as a church family, we hold the same last name. It's the name of Jesus Christ. When you have been born again of water and of spirit and taken on the name of Jesus Christ, we are family. Acts 4 and 12 reads, Neither is there salvation in any other name. There's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. By the ropes of his love and by the last name that he gives us, we are family. And we love one another. Because we're the church. And the church is a family. The church is a family. In Acts 2 and 42, it talks about, it says that all believers devoted themselves to the apostles' doctrine and the teaching and the fellowship and the prayer. We have sound teaching, sound biblical teaching. We have awesome prayer, awesome prayer team every Friday night. What just happened in the worship service, we believe in the power of prayer. We believe in the God of miracles. That no matter what time, no matter when it is, all we have to do is call on the name of Jesus and he shows up. Right? And, and gives us the miracles that we need. Gives us what we need. And we love fellowship. We're apostolic. We're Pentecostal. Fellowship's in our DNA. So whenever you cross over into the family, that becomes part of who you are. Biblical truths, biblical truths, prayer, fellowship. A family can't live without those three. A family can't live by just fellowship. You can't just live and come out of your room when it's just time to eat. Some of you have teenagers that like to do that. And I'm not going to meddle, I promise. I'm not going to meddle in your world. But if you do, you need to get them onto the dinner table and eat with them. They don't eat up in the room. They don't need another video game. They don't need that. They need sound teaching. They need, they need prayer time with the family. That's how a family survives. That's how my family survives. Through sound teaching, through prayer time, through fellowship of the body of Christ. If you want, this is not even part of my notes, I don't even know why I'm going here. But 
if you want your family to be strong in Christ, if you want your family and your children to be strong whenever they're actually out of the nest, it's going to take those three. It's going to take you, not pastor, not Pastor Mark, not Brother Blair, not the pastoral staff. It's going to take you giving them sound teaching in the, in the biblical principles of Jesus Christ. It's going to take you taking this word and dissecting a little bit and putting it into the house. If you have small kids, it's going to take you at a young age. We wore out the book, The Seeds of Jacobet. I think it was, babe, sister babe, right? The Seeds of Jacobet. I think through two kids, we, we wore that book out. My wife would teach that book to them every day, every day, every day. It takes us praying at night. Even at 20 and 16, we still pray a few times a week as a family. They have their own prayer time. But that's still embedded in my household. And they have to be involved in the fellowship part of the church. That's what makes a great church family. You get all those things to strengthen your family. And we're talking about making a better generation. You see the generation that is going on today. It's a generation of chaos. It's a, it's a generation of nobody tells me what to do. I'll do my own thing when I want to do it, how I want to do it. And if we let that creep in the church, where's the church going to be in 10 years from now? Church, we're family. And we're building great families. We're building a better generation. We're building an apostolic generation. We're building an overcoming generation. So our kids don't have to deal with some of the things that we had to deal with. And his word says, greater things shall ye do in my name. Drake, I want you to do great. I want him to see greater things when you get 27, 47 like me, I want you to see greater things than I ever see. We're, we're building a generation of apostolics. And they have, our families have to be tied to the church. The church is a family. The church is designed for everybody. It doesn't matter where you came from. Doesn't matter what your walk in life was. Doesn't matter what your past was. It says it's for everybody. The church is to be, it's an antidote to the number one disease in most metropolitan areas. And that disease is loneliness. That disease is depression. I know it sounds kind of absurd. There are millions of people in metro areas who are lonely. They, they even coined the phrase, it's called crowded loneliness. This is the element where you can be surrounded by millions of people and, and literally feel alone. Not having real connections with other people. Not having any healthier 
healthy or meaningful relationships to help you get through life. But because of the church and because we were created for one another, we weren't created to go through life alone. And unfortunately, those folks are tethering themselves to the the chains of this world. They're tethering themselves to the drugs to, to work their way and feel numb. They're tethering themselves to the alcohol so they can forget everything. They're tethering themselves to relationships they shouldn't be in. They're tethering themselves to everything but the church. Loneliness is a powerful pull in lives. Psalm 68 and 6 reads, this, God places the lonely in families. He sets the prisoners free and gives them joy. God places the lonely in families. And the church is the spiritual family. One of the reasons the church exists is to be God's antidote for loneliness. It's a place to find relationships that give you love, that are fun, that build you up. And you need the church family. Some of us and some of them have been looking for love in all the wrong places. They've been looking for love in all these places. And some of you that may be here today might be looking for that, that love or that happiness or that, that joy or that peace in your life. You've come to the right place. You've come to the church where lives are turned around, where your past is completely erased and washed away through the name of Jesus Christ in water baptism. And not only will he give you life, but he'll give you abundant life. There's no greater place to find a spouse if you're looking for one. There's no greater place to find a friend if you're looking for one. There's no place to find friendships and companionships and, and other families if you're looking for one today. I found my wife at the church. I said, hey, how you doing? And she said, I'm doing good. Get away from me took me four years, but she, I finally caught her. That's what these ropes were actually for to keep her here. So, But I found my wife at the church, my greatest treasure other than God filling me with the Holy Ghost and my children. My greatest treasure at the church. And all you romantics that you proposed at some great bridge and water behind you and Rose petals leading up. I didn't do that. I said, hey, I'm going to go back to where I found her at. Brother Graham, it was probably our third, fourth row was about right there where I first met her, about where you're sitting at our old home church on a Friday night in March of 1996. I remember the day like it was yesterday. Oh, I was so excited. I was so excited. But I'm like, hey, if I'm going to marry this woman, I want her to know we're planted in the church. This is our family. 
And for 24 plus years, the church is our family. The church is our family. There's no greater place than being in the church. What do you need this morning? What do you need this morning? What are you searching for? What do you need in your life? What do you need in your family's life? Because we're, we're bound together through the love of Jesus Christ. And I'm here to serve you out of love. We're here to help you and nurture you and embrace you with the love of Jesus Christ. Because we're a church family. What is it you need? If you're watching online this morning, what is it you need? We have a host, an online host right now. All you have to do is type it in the comment box. They're here for you. Our church is here for you. We're bound together this morning through the ropes of Christ. We're bound together. Listen, I believe with all my heart that there's nothing more significant that you could be a part of. There's nothing better to give your life to than Jesus Christ. Because you become a member, a family member. You become a part of a heritage that's nearly over 2,000 years old. Families that are in every country around the world. Something that is significant and eternal. Something that doesn't fade away. It's not a fad. It survived the worst of times. It's the church family. Hebrews 10 and 25 reads, this is our last verse and I'm closing. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another. My hope is for you this morning, whether you're in person or watching online, as we close this series out, I love my church series, that you don't leave this house or you don't turn off that monitor or that device this morning thinking you, have, you don't have a place to go, thinking you don't have a friend to call on, thinking you don't have a, someone else to pick up the phone and call whenever you're in need. I want you to know that there is a family waiting for your call, waiting for your text, waiting for your voice, waiting for you to ask, hey, I need this. We're here for you because we're a family. Amen. Church, if you'd stand this morning. True Vine Pentecostal Church. Old Town Temecula. Pastor over 21 years. Was put here. For the hurting, for the brokenhearted, for the overlooked. This family is here for you. As I said a few weeks ago, it's here for the over 600. We're still waiting on them to come in. And we are bound together by the ropes of love this morning. And there's nothing greater than the church family. There's nothing that can stop us. 
There's nothing that can stop us. Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. You can visit our website or church app if you would like to give. And if you enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe, like and share it with your friends, and tag us on social media. Because we want to witness with you what God is doing in your life. Thank you, and God bless.